Hello everyone and welcome to Nice Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor and for today's episode we're going to have two parts to the show today. For the first half of the show I'm going to have my interview with sporting director and head coach of Chattanooga FC, Rod Underwood. And for the second half of the show I'm going to recap the latest signings and news around Nisa. We have a good show ready to kick off guys so sit back and enjoy the show. All right, well, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Josh Taylor, the host of Nice Today FC, and joining us today is the sporting director and head coach for Chattanooga FC, Rod Underwood. Coach Underwood, thanks for joining me today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. All right, Rod, well, thanks for taking time out of your day to talk with us today on Nice Today FC. I just was curious to know about your soccer background. How did you uh, get involved uh, in soccer growing up? Yeah, well, I mean, it's basically kind of haphazardly, really. It was uh, a young kid about, I don't know, probably about six years old or so, somewhere in that range. And, um, you know, at that time, soccer was really almost non-existent. And uh, a... A neighbor's dad was an American football coach, and I was going to play on the American football team, but at that time, he had to wear a certain amount, and I wasn't big enough, so, you know, I went to school the next day, and uh, uh, there was a sign-up for soccer, and I I signed up. That was was kind of how it happened. Now, Rod, what factors kind of led you in to decide that you wanted to get into uh, coaching soccer? Well, I mean, I started coaching at an early age. I mean, I was about 16 in high school, and I just, someone asked me, do you want to coach a team at the YMCA? And I coached a team at the YMCA, and that kind of started it. And then growing up in the summers, doing summer camps, working summer camps, and playing soccer, and even in college, working summer camps. And right after college, I, you know, was playing. I can't play professionally while I was playing. I was still coaching. I just kind of, I kept going. Just then, you know, making the next step and the next step and the next step, you know? That's great to hear, Rod. Now, you mentioned college. Uh, I know you went to uh, Furman University to play college soccer there. Now, you also made history there when you went to play back in 1985 as you became the first African-American soccer player in that program's history. Can you kind of give us some insights about your experience with your time with the Furman men's soccer team? I mean, it was excellent. I mean, I, I had a great time. I mean, it was, it was going to Furman University is probably one of the best decisions ever made in my life in terms of how it sort of set me up for the future, how it, uh, how it just gave me different life experiences to meet, you know, so many different people and so many people that were really um, just top people. And it just, I mean, and then obviously springboarding, to getting four years of playing college soccer and then after that getting the opportunity to play professionally, you know, because the guy that offered me that first professional contract, he had coached in the same conference that Berman was in and he has watched me play over the years and he, you know, he wanted me to come out and play for his team. So it was it was a good experience. I mean I never really looked at it as how we look at things today. I just looked at I was a, a kid that was gonna to go to college and play soccer and enjoy I wasn't thinking about anything else. It was it was never any like intention 
anything else but just play soccer and go to school. Got it. Now, you mentioned you, how your experience about Furman University, and I know after you graduated, you played professional soccer, and you've also had some stints where you were a, a player coach as well. What was that experience like for you going from player to coaching? And Well, I, I, it, it's, it's an interesting thing because it, it was never like, um, it was always a situation where I was just simply doing what I do, right? I mean, it seemed like the natural progression to go from playing to coaching and based on past experience of coaching teams at an early age and working camps, it was just that natural progression. And I didn't find it difficult. I didn't find it, um, it was just, it felt natural. It felt like I was just doing what I was, what I was meant to do. Now, Rod, how has that experience helped uh, benefit you uh, throughout your career? Well, I mean, it's been, it's been fantastic, right? Because I, I just feel like, I mean, it's one of those things that I don't feel like are ever going to work. I don't feel like you're ever, like, really working a job. I'm just in the vision that God's given me and the, and the passion and desire that God's put in my heart to do the things that I enjoy doing, I mean. To watch, you know, to watch, just to watch games over and over again, to scout, to plan training sessions, to recruit players, signing contracts. None of that seems like a chore. It just seems like it's something I just, it just feels all so natural. Just like, it's never about a job. It's just about how do I continue to do what I've been called to do and do the things and use my talents and gifts to benefit the game and benefit other people. It's, it's, just, it's a very interesting, very interesting, as you ask the question, it's like, okay, wow, it kind of gets home. That it just, it's just who I am. It's in my DNA. Now, Rod, you've been an assistant coach in MLS, and you've been a head coach in the USL, and you also coached abroad as well, over in Sierra Leone and Jamaica, and you also won two pro championships. So, why is it important to you to build those relationships with your players and encouraging them to become difference makers in the community? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right, athletes are, you know, athletes are ones that are, um, are privileged to be in the position they are, and they have a lot of influence in terms of, you know, fans watch them, fans pay money to come to see them. So I'm just about how do you encourage the players to use their abilities, their gifts, and their talents to impact culture and change lives and make it better for the next person coming and for the fans that really enjoy enjoy coming to the games. You know, and it's about giving back and about making better lives. And that's what's so nice about Baker Chattanooga. It's really community-based, all about the community, uh, lots of things going on, lots of opportunities for players to use, use their influence to improve the city and improve individual people they come in contact with. Now, Rod, I know you've been in Chattanooga only for a few months, but how has your welcome, how the fans, uh, the Chattahooligans, I know that's a supporters group there, how have they been so receptive to you, uh, welcoming you through their community? Yeah, it's been great, man. It's been, they have received them with open arms. I mean, they have really just been supportive because at the end of the day, right, they trust the leadership of the club and the leadership of the club brought me in and they are supportive of that and they just they just want they want to have a good team that it helps the community, that's in the community and 
they want to enjoy that, have fun, and support the players and support the organization. That it, that increases, you know, the increases, you know, the the the, the way of life in in uh, in Chattanooga. Now, Rod, is there a manager in soccer today that you kind of inspire your coaching style from? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a few. I mean, Pep Guardiola is probably the guy that I really gravitate to the most. Bielsa, Mauricio Sarri. You know, I, there's other guys. That, I, I like managers for more than just the soccer. I like managers for how they relate to their players, their personalities, how they manage, you know, how they, how they get involved in the community. So I, I try to take bits and pieces from everybody, but in terms of purely the soccer, I would say... Pep is by far the most influential in what I do as a, as a coach. Now, Rod, let's talk about your time with uh, Stumptown AC. Of course, I know when you were hired, it was kind of a unique situation because they were league-owned and they were coming off hiatus and kind of reconnecting with the Matthews, North Carolina, and the Charlotte community there. How was your experience uh, coaching at Stumptown AC this past year? Look, it was it was it was an opportunity to go in and coach and really help build a brand, help build, try to build something and get the club to an opportunity to uh, to get get entrenched in the community. And it was one of those things where you know it wasn't necessarily didn't have all the resources that we needed, but probably the greatest thing is the relationships and the connection with the players and you know, really built some lifelong relationship with coaching staff and all those things. So it's it's really was, you know, there's no complaints. There's really no complaints from me because at the end of the day, we were doing soccer every day and we we're trying to do what was best for the, you know, to build, to, to continue to build the game. I mean, we had, um, we had a lot, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we overcame those challenges while we were there and, we put a good product on the field, and we got involved in the community the best that we could. And, um, but for me, it was never about the challenges, because if it wasn't those challenges, it was going to be some other challenge, because that's just the nature of sport. There's always, you know, sport is like literature, right? Sport is like literature. It's, it's, it's man against man, it's man against nature, it's man against itself. So it's just, it, there's always challenges, but the challenges aren't the focus. The focus is how to get 1% better every day and how to provide an opportunity for players to improve their games. And hopefully at this level, they had, um, they had the opportunity to, uh, to move higher levels. Now, I know Stumptown AC has elected to go on hiatus for the 2022 season, but talk to me about the atmosphere at Stumptown AC and how, the cl- how you guys got involved in the club with the supporters and growing the community over there in Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, we did the best we could. I mean, there was a, there wasn't, uh, the supporters group was fantastic. The guys, I mean, they, they, you know, the people in the group were, were good. They supported us. They were, they they were behind us a hundred percent. And we just tried to put on a good show and perform and, uh, play to the best of our ability and, you know, wherever we could get involved, we did get involved, and that was just, you know, we did what, we did the best we could with the limited opportunities we had. Yeah, that's right, Rod, and I know watching a few Stumptown games, you know, the 
the fans, you know, even though it was small, but they definitely got into it. And they brought uh, Kevin a tree. I know he was very popular there. And when I was working with Chicago House and I, when you guys were playing us in November and I talked to Mike Squires, he actually brought a little <laughs> mini tree with him. He's like, it's been our good luck charm everywhere we go on the road. So it was kind of cool to see you guys kind of yeah. bring that around as you guys were growing uh, in uh, Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, it, it's all part of being in the soccer environment that's trying to grow. And it's just, you have a choice, right? You can have the outlook that it's going to be difficult or you can have the outlook that, hey, we're just going to do the best we can with what we got and do the best we can and that's all we can do. Very well said, Rod. Um, what were some things you learned uh, during your time uh, with Stumptown AC? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I would say just never really letting the external factors influence what happens on the field. No matter what you do, no matter how things are, once you walk on the field for training, once you walk on the field for the matches, you have to really tone everything out, put everything away, and just focus on honing your craft and make better. Now, Rod, we uh, know that you decided to go to Chattanooga FC for your next challenge. Why did you decide that Chattanooga FC was the right opportunity for you um, at this time? Well, I mean, first off, Chattanooga from top to bottom, the club, it's a club. It has, it has an academy, it has uh, community, it, it has a real footing in the community. But the tipping point for me was the foundation, right? The foundation that, you know, deals with... Um, Operation Get Active which has a, a youth soccer program working in the schools. It has a, a sports ministry arm that was really, you know, really important to me. So it's just the foundation aspect of it, just the whole club, just everything about the club, it makes it feel like a real club. And, you know, there's emphasis on doing things the right way all the time. Now, Ryan, I know you've been busy working um, in the offseason, like many NISA teams, putting together your roster. Um, what is your vision? Um, as you built your roster for the upcoming 2022 NISA season? Yeah, the vision is, like, we want to be the best version of our team we can. We want to be as competitive as we can. We want to get a chance, ourselves a chance to win every single week. And we want to be considered, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're definitely considered a top club on and off the field. And that's just really what the focus is for us. It's, like, being the best that we can be on and off the field and being competitive as possible and, giving ourselves the best chance to win and giving our players the best chance to improve and, and, and become better, become better people, better players. Now, Rod, you also brought in some familiar faces from your time at Stumptown AC. What factors kind of led you to decide to bring in players like Kevin Gonzalez, Colin Stripling, Travis Ward, and Alex McGrath, those guys uh, on board to Chattanooga FC? Because they're good players and they're good people. And that's, Plain and simple. They can play, and they're good people, and they're they're guys that I have a lot of respect for. And, you know, they, they, they like I said, they're just good good people, good players, and that's why we decided to bring those guys. Now, Rod, I was just curious, um, what was your pitch uh, to bring in players like Ian Sarah from Chicago House, Roddy Green from Detroit City FC? I mean, they they fit the they fit the. DNA of the, the fundamental idea of how we want to play football, right? So they they fit that, and that was really important. I mean, we we're not just you know, it's not about just 
collecting the best collection of players and hopefully it works. It's about connect, collecting the best collection of players that fit the way that we want to play. Yeah, Rod, and um, as you mentioned, you're going to have a very interesting midfield there with uh, working with the likes of Ian Ciro and uh, Damian uh, Rodriguez. How has your experience with them, uh, with working with them, getting to coach them uh, during the offseason? It's been good. I mean, it's good. It's, I mean, look, every day you walk on the field, it's, it's a great experience because at the end of the day, you're on the field, you're, 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 doing, you're doing something you've been doing all your life. And to pour all your energy in there each day is, is part of the process. And, you know, try to do that with those guys and try to work with them and get them to see the game and, 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 and the best way possible and to express themselves and show their abilities every day. From your experience, how has the process been for you to integrate uh, your new players uh, into your system? I know you brought in players that work with you at Stumptown AC. You're working with the Chattanooga FC and the new signings that we just discussed. Um, how has that process been uh, fitting them all into your system? Look, I mean, it's, it's a puzzle piece, right? It's a puzzle, right? If you put it together piece by piece, bit by bit, you know, I, I sort of use the analogy of, you know, being on the computer, typing in something in Google, and you get all these, you get all these hits of what, what is related to the thing that you, that you typed in. That's what we do, right? We're just trying to download information every day, provide new ideas, provide refresh old ideas, sharpen their their current abilities, and, and it's just it's just a process. It's not about a rush. It's not about it's not about we got to be 100% better today and we'll be 1% better today if we're 1% better every day, then we're improving. And that's what the most important thing is for us. Now, Rod, your team, Chattanooga FC, is currently in the preseason. Uh, you recently played a closed-door scrimmage against Birmingham Legion FC. You guys will be going on the road to play uh, Greenville Triumph uh, on Saturday. Rod, how has your team looked so far um, in adapt to your style of play throughout the preseason? Yeah, I mean... Challenging days, but in the end, the goal is right. Can you each day, right? You know, you when you first start doing building something like this, it's like okay, you're trading every other every other play. You have good play, bad play, good play, bad play. Then the next day, hopefully, you have five good plays, one bad play. And hopefully, you have one good day, one bad day. Then you have one good day and a half a bad day. Only to the point where you have mostly good days. And so it's just about the process. It's not about that is a frustrating and challenging days deter you from what your ultimate goal is and how you want to build a team. Rod, how are you feeling about uh, Chattanooga FC as we're basically two weeks away from the season home opener at Finley Stadium against Maryland Bobcats FC? I mean, for me, I'm always excited because I'm always excited. I'm always hoping that the players not just play the style of play, that they play their best way and the best version of themselves on that particular day. And I'm always happy to see the guys do that and play well. Look, we're, I mean, it's always exciting. Playing playing soccer, playing games, playing at the professional level, it's a privilege. It's an honor. And to, you just have to enjoy it and embrace it every day, whatever pressures come, whatever challenges come. And so looking at the first game, it's like, you just, you just want to go out there and do the best you can and, 
and have fun and enjoy it and, and hopefully you entertain the fans and, and you get a win on top of it. Yeah, Rod, I can't wait to uh, the kickoff for the NISA season in 2022. And I'm definitely going to keep my eye on Chattanooga FC and see you guys do throughout uh, the season. Now, let's talk about the U.S. Open Cup. I know that will start for you guys in April. And can you just talk about how special it is now that – I know Chattanooga FC had experience in the Open Cup as an amateur team, but this will be the first time as a professional club in that competition. So can you just talk about how special it is getting ready to play the Open Cup, which we haven't played the past two years due to the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, look, everybody that follows American soccer, you know, the Open Cup is a really exciting time, right? It's kind of like, in, in, in some ways, it's kind of like March Madness, right? Where, you know, you're setting you're setting up games where teams, the lower seeds can win, you know, and, and upset the big teams. And to have that privilege to play those teams and play those games is, is awesome, right? And it, 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 it brings a different uh, energy to the city, to the team, to the players. You know, all those things. It's really, it's really just a good, good, smart tournament that hopefully people will enjoy. Now, Rod, for your first opponent in the Open Cup, you guys will be taking on Memphis 901 FC. I know it's a little early, but how are you viewing about hosting an in-state rival like Memphis 901 FC at home at Finley Stadium? Yeah, I mean, every game is important. Every game is there that you can perform and do the best that you can. And to have the opportunity to play against Memphis and have the opportunity for their fans and our fans to experience uh, Open Cup is, is fantastic. And we just, you know, we're just going to go and do our do our best and play the way we know that we think is the right way to play for us, and we're just going to express that on the field and hopefully on that day it works out best for us. Now, Rod, what are your expectations in year one with Chattanooga FC? I mean, look, I mean Chattanooga in terms of Nisa is an important club for Nisa, and it's a. Uh, it's important to the city, and it's, you know, it's a big club in the league, and with big club comes expectations, and the expectation is, can we do the best we can every day, and can we bring some joy to the city, and can we provide the best opportunity for the team to play its best, and to, to get wins throughout the year, and at the end of the season, hopefully we're one of the last teams around that's fighting to bring more joy to the team, bring more joy to the city, and just be, you know, bring excitement and bring joy and bring hope and bring, bring, bring you know, some smiles and all those things, right? If we do those things, we're, we're in a great spot. And Rod, since you arrived at Chattanooga FC, what has been your message, not just to the players, but to the supporters of Chattanooga FC as well? I mean, our thing is we got to come play our way. we got to come with a specific style, a specific way of doing things. And we hope it's entertaining. We hope it's fun. We're hoping that it's enjoyable. And we hope that it, it builds the fan base and it builds excitement around the community. We hope all those things. And we just want to, we want to entertain. We want to win games in our way. We want to connect with the community. We want to connect with the fans. We want to, to 
make it a make it a great atmosphere to be involved with Chattanooga FC. Coach Rod Underwood, thank you so much for taking time of your day to join us for Needs Today FC podcast. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me, and you know, we wish you all the best, and uh, keep doing a great job and promoting soccer because we need more people like you doing it. And that was the sporting director and head coach of Chattanooga FC, Rod Underwood. Just want to take a moment to thank Rod for taking time out of his busy day to chat with us today about Chattanooga FC and their preparations for the 2022 NISA season. And with that, let's move on to the second half of the show, which will focus on the latest news around NISA. Now, not much happened this past week. Mostly, we had a few player signings. From a few teams and of course we got some news around nisa but let's get into the player signings so let's start in arizona value united fc they're finally putting their roster together they made some announcements this past week on their signings they signed nico gatan he's an argentine american player he's a midfielder and they posted on twitter that he's a team leader so i would have to think He's probably going to be a team captain on this team, but not sure yet. That's just what I'm reading on their recent tweet about him. And I'm excited to see Value United FC build their roster and see how it's going to turn. I know they've been busy in preseason lately in some matches, but we're going to finally get the full list of the roster soon as we're about two weeks away from the 2022 Nisa season kicking off. They also signed Alex Zahara. He's a forward. And they signed Steven Elias. Now he's listed as right back, but he can also play on the defense and play in the midfield. So it's always good to have versatile players like that. They also signed Ricardo Ricky Gordillo. And he is one of the founding players that the club carried over from the original team. He's listed as a midfielder for the club, and he won a national title in community college with Pima FC. Now, Cal United Strikers FC, they announced some signings this past week. They announced that Steven Barrera will be returning for his fourth season with Cal United. He's, of course, the goalkeeper for the team. Brian Medina He is a forward, and he was signed for the fall of last season for Cal United Strikers FC. He had a solid season for the fall with the club, and he looks to build on that for this upcoming season. And they also signed Shinya Cardono, midfielder, part of the Youth Academy. He's coming back for another season. Let's go a little further south to San Diego, as Albion San Diego also announced some signings. They signed Daniel Vicente, defender. He's a former New Amsterdam FC player. So they're bringing him over from the East Coast to the West Coast to play for Albion San Diego. They also signed Alex Hopa. He's listed as an outside back, but he's played in youth academies such as Vardar Academy and also played in Alborea UD over in Spain. And he's also played for the Michigan Stars under-23 team most recently. And finally, the LA Force. They also announced some signings this past week. 
They signed Jaime Chavez. He's a forward. And they also signed Carlos Sanchez. He is going to be the midfielder for LA Force. So it's very nice that we got a few more signings from some of these clubs. And I'm going to expect signings just running rampant over the next couple weeks as we get close to the season kicking off. All right, so I have one more player signing just to go over real quick before I move on to the news around Nisa. And that is that former Chicago House AC defender, Rodolfo Sulia, has signed with Puerto Rico Soul FC. I did see this on social media this past week. And, of course, Puerto Rico Soul FC, they are in Liga Puerto Rico, which is the top soccer league in Puerto Rico. And I saw they... Uh, that Rodolfo Sulia was in the starting lineup for the team. They were playing uh, Frey Comar, and that game finished in a 1-1 draw. So it's good to see that some of the players that used to play for Chicago House, AC, finding opportunities to play uh, for 2022 season with other clubs. And I kind of wonder if we'll see more Chicago House AC players that aren't playing right now get those opportunities with other teams. I know Ian Ciro and Rodolfo Sulia are playing with other clubs right now, but I still wonder if we'll see more of our players get picked up by other clubs. So we'll see what happens with that. Now let's get on to the new stuff. Michigan Stars FC, they played a training friendly against Flower City Union last week. Now the Michigan Stars were also in Arizona for a preseason match against Valley United FC on Saturday. I didn't see on social media if there was a score between those two clubs, but it's good to see the Michigan Stars out there playing against other Nisa clubs. Now, I know they have not announced their roster yet, but I would expect, similar to LA Force and Cal United Strikers FC, that they're going to, for the most part, keep most of the players that they've been playing with the team for the past year. So I would expect you would think this week, or for sure next week, they're going to confirm their roster right before kickoff. Now, Bay City's FC, they had a couple preseason games this past week. They lost on Wednesday 3-1 to to San Jose Earthquakes 2. That's the MLS Next Pro side in their preseason match. But Bay City's FC did bounce back. They got a 4-1 win against Menlo College Oaks men's soccer team. Now, Bay City's FC has one more preseason match remaining, and that's against Club Tijuana under-23 team, and that will be on March 19th. Maryland Bobcats FC, they played a preseason match last week against FC 4-1-8-8, and that match ended in a nil-nil draw. Chattanooga FC, they played Greenville Triumph yesterday in that match and in a 1-1 draw. And Brett Jones, he was the goal scorer for Chattanooga FC. The Eastern Premier Soccer League, they announced another new addition in the Mid-Atlantic Conference for the spring season. And that club is Wheaton Lions Soccer Academy. So they will join for the upcoming spring season. For the EPSL. Valley United FC. 
it appears, guys, they finally have a home, at least, for the 2022 NISA season. And it's not going to be Grand Canyon University. It's not going to be at Arizona State. It's going to be Bell Bank Park Stadium, which is in Mesa, Arizona. Now, when I checked the league schedule on the NISA website, they already updated it. So for all their home games, Val United FC will be playing at Bell Bank Park Stadium. Now, NISA also added the U.S. Open Cup schedule. They added that in there as well. So it's highlighted in the gold on the league website. So I thought that was pretty cool. That means, guys, that LA Force is the only team currently that is still listed as to be determined. But I would have to think either this week or next week for sure, they will confirm where they're going to play for the 2022 NISA season. All right, let's talk about another California club. This time, the new team that will be joining NISA in 2023, Oaks FC. They announced over the weekend that they are forming a developmental pyramid with Conijo Valley United Youth Club and Brad Friedel 310 Youth Soccer Club. So basically with those two youth clubs, they are going to merge to form Oaks FC. Now, what this does is it's going to set up the foundation of the pro club's developmental system, and it gives local players in Ventura County, which is where the club is going to be based, an opportunity to work their way up to the pro side. Now, Oaks FC will be making their debut this year in Nisa Nation. They'll be playing in the Southwest region, and their first opponent will be Capo FC on March 20th. Now, for more information on this, guys, you can go to www.oaksfc.pro. Speaking of Nisa Nation, Nisa Nation's Southwest region kicked off today, and their opening match was Sporting ID11 against Las Vegas Legends. Now, Sporting ID11 lost their opener 2-1 to against Las Vegas Legends, but Ito scored the first goal for the club in the first half. And by the way, uh, Sporting ID11, I appreciate you guys tagging me uh, your photo for the, the lineup for your first game. So Nisa also announced this past week their fall 2021 goal of the year, which was voted on by the fans. And that went to Chicago House AC's Leo Acosta with his rocket shot against the Maryland Bobcats FC. And that game was back in October. I watched that game while I was down visiting friends in Florida. And Leo, man, I mean, congrats to him. And he's definitely got potential. Now, Chicago House, you know, we still don't know their their future just yet. But I'm sure once that gets all sorted out, you know, Leo, I'm sure, will find his way back. And, you know, we'll see how things go from there. But I want to say congrats to Leo. It's well-deserved. I remember when I came back to Chicago and – all our the teammates from Chicago House when I was working the team, everyone was talking about it. Even though we lost the game two to one, but uh, to the Maryland Bobcats FC, but for the whole week, everyone was raving about it, and it was just fun to see that. So, congrats again to you, Leo. Now, Nisa also had the fall 2021 save of the year, and that went to Chattanooga FC's 
Alec Reddington. And he made that seller hand save against Detroit City FC at home at Finley Stadium. And that was pretty cool. That's going to be an interesting season in NISA. And I uh, can't wait, guys. We're almost there. Almost there. So hang in there, guys. March 26 is almost here. And I can't wait. And with that, that is the latest news updates from around NISA. And that will conclude today's episode. I want to thank everyone for taking time to listen to our episode. And if you have any comments, feedback, or suggestions, you can always DM me on Twitter at JT underscore Taylor 88, or you can also message me on Instagram. Now, if you like the show and want to keep with the latest updates, you can follow us on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. We're also on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC, and we're also on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. You guys enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you next time.